Hello and welcome to the Potter's Podcast. This one's a bit of a different one, but before we start, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and hope everyone's had a good day. It's now Boxing Day and there's no football, Ange. And welcome, Ange, obviously. Well, welcome to you, Ian, and thank you for the, the uh, remembering me when you're talking about everybody else. Yeah, happy Christmas, Boxing Day, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, happy February, if some people are catching up. It's um, It's been nice to have Christmas Day, but today is going to be really odd, isn't it? It's 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 been an odd Christmas for me this year. It's, it, no football... Apart from, you know, Premier, which I'm not really interested in. Everyone knows it's a Mickey Mouse League. It's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? No football, again. It's, it reminds me of the first lockdown. <laughs> it was just sort of nobody yeah, going around. Yeah, but at least you could watch it on, on, on the screen. I mean, I know there'll be Premier League matches today and there'll be some Championship matches. Um, and conceivably, by the time Stoke play again, they will could be out of the top six because Middlesbrough and Nottingham Forest play today. And if... Um, I think if Middlesbrough win that, um, they'll they'll go above us. But we, we could hope for a draw with that one. Uh, I think we'll play on Thursday. I do really think we, we've got a chance of playing Thursday. You know, it, it's all fingers crossed because Derby are playing today. And if nothing goes wrong with them and, and our squad is uh, a little bit better, then we should get a match on Thursday. Well, that's the hope, isn't it? We've got it. We need at least one game before next year don't we T- to be honest I mean it's Derby everybody quite popular knows I don't like Derby to be honest I hope we smack them 6-0 I don't like him as a football club and I never have to and I don't like Rooney because he kept scoring against us as well when he played well before we before we go into the games we'll do that last I, I want to discuss about his feelings on the playoffs are you still very certain now of, of the playoffs by the end of the season because with the former Blackburn and Forest now I am a little bit worried now well I mean I, I think I remember a few months ago saying I thought Sheffield United and Forest would, would come up in the second half of the season but before before we carry on it's uh, tomorrow Derby are playing I keep thinking it's Monday but of course it's not it's Sunday what do I think of our chances of getting in the playoffs Ian I think uh, we will make the playoffs I don't care whether we just scrape in in sixth place I think we'll probably be fifth or sixth I don't care once you get in the playoffs as you said last time we spoke it's a lottery and you're in it, and if you're in it, you've got a chance of winning it. Well, it is true, yeah. I, I, I just don't, I don't know because of the way we've been dropping off. Unless some really good bits of business coming in January, I'm a bit worried, to be honest. I mean, Blackburn, I, I, I don't think they've lost now for about 12, 15 games, have they? And Forrester are on fire since this new manager's come in. Coventry, we all keep saying, are going to drop off, but don't seem to be dropping off. It seems like we're the most out-of-form team at the moment who are in the top six. Well, yeah, uh, we haven't. I mean, the problem has been that our away form has improved, luckily, but our home form has has not improved. And the the one thing that might uh, help Stoke is that whilst nobody wants to have COVID, it might give a chance for some of the players like Jordan Thompson, Nick Powell, a chance of getting back. And a few players, they'll, they'll have had a 10-day rest, won't they? Um, but you're losing out on the familiarity of playing a match every week. So it's going to be interesting. We're not going to be the only ones in this position. And I think Stoke will cope quite well, if I'm being honest. I think uh, we'll do OK in the second half of the season. I mean, it's quite clear Nick Powell's had a bit of a setback. Jordan Thompson's obviously had to have an operation. We know we ain't got Bursic. We know we ain't got Suter or, or Sawyers. Um, and we've just got to get on with it. 
Well, we have got to get on with it. We have. We've got. It's it's, it's going to be tough for the second half of the season because let's be honest, it's Michael O'Neill's come in. Apart from the first season, well, first half season when he came in, we have sort of tailed away under Michael O'Neill. Um, it's going to be a tough in this one because I, I, I think there's got to be a lot of pressure on Campbell to start getting those legs sharper again and starting bang more regularly because, to be honest, we, we are looking a bit toothless up front and, you know, the January window's coming up now. Um, it looks like the club's trying to offload players as well as bring in, but we've got to offload before bringing in, which seems like, is that going to be an easy task at this moment in time? Because let's be honest, I don't even think Burton one Tom Ince at this moment in time but he's got to be favourite to go hasn't he well firstly the January window is always tough although we've found a few gems over the years in the January window which helped when we were in the Premier League and um, I would agree with you that players it's obvious players Michael O'Neill said that players have got to go out before um, players come in and that's the sad fact of the world we're living in that it doesn't matter how rich our owners are and how much they want to pour money into the club they can't because of financial fair play and we've got another 12 months of this to, to get through before we can say the decks are cleared and we can start again and even then that will be under the realms of financial fair play. Tom Ince is obviously as you've said quite rightly the first one you'd think would be wanting to go because he's not playing and if he's not playing much now and he's only on the bench in a team that's short of in, uh, and, and got so many injuries then at his age he'll want to go and play. But on his wages, who's going to want to take him? And he's probably been up for sale for 12 months now. So hopefully for him, he goes to another club uh, who might need him. On the same side, though, if COVID's going to carry on and, and the games are going to carry on, we're going to have hit and miss with COVID, then people might want to keep their squads a bit bigger for the reasons that they might have to play. And so if you're looking at getting players out, that's one thing. If you look at bringing younger players in from clubs to gain experience, they probably won't want to let them go in case they need them themselves. But I think Seema, I think that might be a good buy from Seema. It's not worked out for him. There's all sorts of talk about him not coming back and coming back, but I, I think he may not come back. And I also think if... Um, Leo Ostergaard can't get in the team at the moment. He himself might be looking to see if he can get a loan elsewhere because no point being on loan at a football club if you're not being played. I don't know what you think about that. Tom, Tom Ince has got to be a player that we've got to start working a way of shifting him out. I think his contract's up at the end of the season, which means he can go abroad on a free as long as somebody's willing to pay his wages. But he's on 40-odd grand a week. No, no one's going to pay him that. Not the clubs no. that are going to be interested in Tom Ince. No. I, I think Tom Ince... In his, in his past has been a good player but he reminds me of Bojan in that stage where he's, he's like very hit and miss he'll like have one or two great games and then he'll go missing for months and yeah. you know clubs aren't going to go out and go I tell you what let's get Tom in so let's go let's go pay 25 grand a week for Tom in no one's going to do it really you know Dar Darby have apparently had a bit of an interest in, in this that and the other because they're losing players left right and centre aren't they because of the financial state they're in but to be honest, we've got to try and make movements to getting rid of these players as soon as possible, really, because there is too many players that are coming in and aren't making any impact. To be honest, when we looked at the, the summer window, we thought, well, good business, we've done quite well. But now we're looking at it again, now in January, which we will, we will start look doing. 
we have brought a few more duds in. Luckily, a few of them have been loan spells like Simi. I can't even judge the lad because I've, I've seen him what twice. I think the only games he's played were away and I've seen him once for 10 minutes, which is pretty bad when he's come for half a season on loan. I know he's had injury problems, we all know that, but for me, it seems like a player that doesn't really want to be here. I think it was just a Brighton thought, well, well, we've signed him, let's get him out as quick as possible and then assess him in different ways. But, you know, Ostergaard, I mean, he, he's a good player, Ostergaard, but he he might be a bit of a bad egg behind the scenes from what I'm hearing. I don't know all about it, but, you know, if he is, if he is causing my and causing problems, then, yeah, it's time to maybe let him go back Brighton and and it opens up opportunities for two more loans you know that's that's the thing we've got to look at really yeah and then of course you've had uh, you're talking about players that haven't hit the ground running Surridge when he had his oh. big chance of course managed to get himself sent off oh why did you have to bring up Surridge it's Christmas hands you didn't need to bring up Surridge <laughs> did you he is a present that no one wants <laughs> yeah well let's just hope he rams that down his throat in the second half of the season here well <laughs> let's that's <laughs> uh, right, so I've just touched on it, so we'll discuss like the players that have come in in the summer, and we'll assess now what have been good signings or what haven't. You know, we've obviously discussed Simmer and Ostergaard they aren't. And first, we'll go in with Surridge. What do you reckon of Surridge? What is it, has it been well worth the two million? And I think um, I wouldn't say he's impressed me a great deal. He's a very willing player. He comes on and he. He charges around and he does his best, but um, for me, uh, he's he's a rough diamond that's very rough at the moment, and I'm not sure that um, he's going to be the success that we wanted. But if he improves as much as Brown's improved this year, then we might be eating our words next season. There's a lot of maybes there, Ange. <laughs> yeah, there is. I'm trying to be. It's Christmas. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> well, that's why I'm not going to say anything because it's Christmas and we're all supposed to be happy and jolly. So, Sam Surridge, no, from me. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to make it worse. Right, so then we're moving to the other signings. You could start with the goalkeeping situation, couldn't you? And we signed Jack Bonham. Oh, Bonham, ah, yeah. The forgotten man. What? Yes, well, don't forget him and leave us with dead air. Tell us what you think of him. Well, I can't say anything else. He hasn't played. <laughs> <laughs> He's been on the bench. <laughs> He's been on the bench twice, and I don't. I don't think he plays much for the twenty threes, does he? <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for him, really, because you know he come from Gillingham with real good promise. Really, he'd been number one for years for there. And he sort of come here, and I, I don't really understand why we signed him, especially when we had like Blondie, a young. Because for me, I've always believed that yeah, yeah, you should have like the Carlo Nash keeper, the player that's been experienced and been around, which we had for years when he came back to the club. But I've always preferred a young lad to be sort of my third choice, a goalkeeper that's showing promise in the academy that maybe now and again gets the odd game. You know, I don't understand yeah. why you bring in a player that's a number one at Gillingham. To not play him at all, it, 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 I don't get it really. I mean, we brought Fielding in as well. I can't really say much about him as well. It, it, fair enough, him because he's an experienced goalkeeper, isn't he? But I don't, I just don't understand why you bring a number one in to sit in as number three. You know, unless well, I think I think this is all to do with the fact that we had lots of injury problems with the keepers last season, and of course, you know, on a bit of a tightrope because we know Bursic's done his his leg muscle and he's going to be out for probably till March. So if Adam Davies gets injured, you then need Jack Bonham or Frank Fielding. So 
so I can understand why we got one of them, not two, but uh, we haven't seen him play, so we can move on. I'm very surprised that you haven't talked about um, your mate who came in in the summer, um, the ponytail one. But yeah, Ben Wilmot, what a player. I tell you what, he's, he's the best signing we've made this summer, to be honest here, Ben Wilmot. A fantastic defender. Hmm. I, I think uh, maybe the... <laughs> The lack of alcohol has got to your brain this time. <laughs> no, All right. Well, we'll go with that because I, I think he's, I think he's done okay, and compared to some that we've had in the past, that's really good. I think he will be a good player for Stoke City. I think there's lots of improvement in him, and you don't get to play for England at any level unless you're you, you're quite good. So um, I'm I'm quite, you know, I'm quite okay with him. Well, I like how you said that, but Michael Ricketts has played for England. Yeah, well, let's move on then. Hey, Colton Palmer. Yeah, all right. Don't spoil <laughs> me Christmas. Um, uh, DeMarco De Haney. DeMarco De Now, to be fair, to, with that lad, when we brought him in, I thought he was just somebody that was not going to play. He was going to be more for the under-23s. But to be honest, I've actually been impressed with him since I've seen him play. He looks a decent player. And there's been a, a few times this season where I've actually thought that he should have got more time, really. Right. Um, I, I don't think he's he's a terrible player, but I think he's got promise in there. He's, he's still a young lad. I know his contract's up in... I think he's next month into his contract's up. But, I think so, yeah. But I think he's worth, worth keeping hold of for a bit. I think there's a bit of promise there. I think he, he deserves a chance because he, he was obviously a United Academy player. That, that fell out of favour didn't really play much in his two years at Huddersfield and he's not really played much now at Stoke but I think he's one of those players that's just lived off the promise of what he's supposed to have been because he's a United player and there's been thousands of players that have gone through that same mistake but I just I feel there's a good player in there that's worth keeping hold of because he, he can only get, get better he's only 21 into 22 and I've not he hasn't put a foot wrong for me so I think that's an alright signing especially for nothing as well 23. Get rid then. Didn't know that up. I'm only joking. No, he's, he's done all right for me. He has. He's done all right for me to have to him. All right. Okay. What do well, you think? I think he's done all right. And I, I, I don't think we've seen him really under a great deal of pressure. So um, the matches he's played in and he's come on in, he's, he's been adequate. So fair enough. There's one player who I think has been a cracking signing. And that's our midfield little genius, Mario Vrancic. Yeah, now he uh, now he is a top quality player. To be honest, for the last five six years, we've been we've all been saying this. We haven't had any creativity in the midfield. But when he plays central, I think he's our best player. I'll be honest, I, I really do. I think he's he's the way he passes the ball, the way he's trying to think Better of than Nicholas. Who? Nick Powell. Yeah, the reason why he is, is because. He's got that ability to pass we haven't seen for a long time. I think the last player that we had that could, you know, thread brilliant balls from the mid, from deep midfield positions was Shakiri when he used to play on the right side. He used to put brilliant balls through the middle. And Vrancic can do that. For me, I don't like it when he plays too high because for me, it nullifies him because of his age. But when you're playing deep, I think you get two, three years out of Vrancic. I really do because he's got that ability on the ball. Which, which we haven't had for a long time. And it's the reason why I think we're in the playoffs. It's because we've got a player like Vrancic that can just ping clever balls through and get us away. I think Vrancic has been um, really, really excellent signing. 
I don't quite know how extend his signing. I'm sure we will because normally when Stoke signs somebody, they have an option to extend when they sign them on the 12 months. So let's hope that they've they've done that with Brancic. But he is a class player, and everybody who said he couldn't last 90 minutes, well. He's proved in the last few matches that he can because he's had to, because we had nobody else to play. Uh, so I think of all the players we've signed this season, he's the best one. So moving on again in midfield, Remain Sawyers. No, next. <laughs> <laughs> Why? He's like Marmite, isn't he, Remain Sawyers? Oh, he's, he's not my type of player. I'm sorry to say he's not my type of player. He has got quality, he's a great passer of the ball. I'm not going to question that. And to be honest, I think Verancic and Sawyers is a better partnership than Verancic and Allen. Because I think Allen, as we all know, Allen loves passing as in danger and passes to the man next to him. At least Sawyers will try do something. But it's the other attributes of its game I can't stand. He doesn't chase anything down. He never tracks back. Especially when we brought him in to be an old in midfielder, which starts to scare me a little bit of this new transfer system or team that we brought in. Because when you start knuckling down these players now, there's not many of them who've been straight away top class players that have improved us. For me, I can only say at this moment in time until you remind me of another player I've forgotten about, is Verancic. Let's be honest, Sawyers, I don't think, has improved us. I don't think Ben Wilmot has drastically improved us. I don't think Tahini has. Bonham definitely hasn't because he hasn't seen the pitch. You know, when oh, you look oh, at it hang now... Hang on, hang on a minute. You, you're shopping in the bargain basement, right? We're not shopping in the land of Shakiri or Notovic, etc. now. You've got to accept that we're not going to get players that are going to come in and set the world alight. So I think you need to not lower your expectations, but accept that that's the market we're delving in. Mario Brancic, we only got him because he's 32 and, and Norwich didn't think he could cut it in the Premier League, which probably is right. I'd still have had him in my squad at Norwich, but that that's their, their right to do it. Remain Sawyers, who I think has, has got some great ability, but we've signed him three years too late, in my opinion. I, I've said every time we've spoken about him, his legs have gone. Uh, he doesn't track back. Um, I don't. I think I don't think there's a many better passes of the ball. I'm not sure we're playing him in his right position at Stoke. But if he was that good, West Brom wouldn't have let him go. And West Brom are in the Premier League, and he's 30 now, so he's got an injury that may affect whether Stoke, because he's obviously I think out of contract at West Brom this summer. Um, that will um, perhaps affect the ability of him to, to sign at Stoke because he's going to have to prove himself they ain't going to sign players who are always injured now or, or don't fit the bill so it's an important time for Sawyers but I'm not his biggest fan now because I think we've signed him three years too late however on the other side of the coin and the last player that we've signed um, who was also a midfielder and he's 22 and I think we signed him uh, for his potential because somebody else would have even though he was injured is Alfie Doughty Alfie Doughty there's a lot of promise there with Alfie Doughty but I'm worried he's going to be one of those players that's going to be injury prone for a long time to be honest I'll, every time he comes on I get excited because he's, he's, he's rapid quick he's something we've been crying out for for a long time because to be honest I think he's a better player than time and if we can get him fit and, and pushing on I think he will be a better player than Simon which let's be honest which let's be honest isn't hard um, I feel 
With Doherty though, th- these injury problems seem to be never ending at the moment. We, we thought he got, like last season when we brought him in in the January, we didn't play him at all. We only put him on the bench rink three times last season, and this season same seems to be the same again. He seems to play a bit, then seems to break down again. Then he's on the bench and coming on, then he breaks down again. I'm I'm slightly worried that as he got an injury, that's not going to recover. That's that's the yeah. thing that I'm scared of because there is a player there, definitely. I think I think he's a good player, but I'm I'm really worried about this this uh, knee injury he's got. Yeah, and then you talk about injuries, and then that's the other problem, isn't it? You look at some of the players we've got. Morgan Fox, who you might as well say was virtually a new signing because he he's been injured. He he is prone to get hamstring injuries. You look at the Nick Powell. He sometimes he gets battered about a lot. I know. Um, but he may now be injury prone. Uh, Tom Edwards has come back. What do you think of Tom Edwards' chance of getting in the team? I don't think the manager likes him, to be honest. Um, he's the one who loaned him out. Uh, didn't have any sort of positive thing to say about him when he loaned him out. Um, I don't know there's a chance. Maybe he's gone to America and impressed from everything I've heard. You never know, but... I think the reason why Michael O'Neill let him go was because he wasn't doing well as, as a wing-back. Now, hopefully, he's improved on that. And we'll have to see, because, you know, nobody knows. He's been away for a season, anti in, in the MLS. Just got out that he has learned a thing or two and maybe could break Tommy Smith, because Tommy Smith, at the moment, over the last couple of months, if, if anyone's seen the player ratings we've been putting up, has been dwindling away again. He started very strong, but more recently, he has dwindled away. So there is an opportunity for Tom if he, if he wants to take it. And then, of course, there's, as you've said, the transfer window coming up and uh, there's lots of talk about another suitor coming to the football club. Uh, what do you think of that? Well, I like John and I think he's a decent player. I think that he needs that ch- chance now to prove himself in a higher division, an higher league, i.e. England. Because every, everything I've heard of him, I've actually seen him play live. He seems a good defender. He's making a big big statement now for Scotland as well scoring goals for them and playing regular for Scotland I think he, he needs a move now and he, the only reason why he's not signed a contract to Hearts is not because they don't want him it's because he wants to move and he knows that that I think Hearts last time there was negotiations with Forrest about a year ago wanted about 8-9 million for him so the truth is he knows he's not going to get a move unless he moves for free now if Stoke can get hold of him I think that's a perfect replacement for James Chester and at the end of the season, we've already we're already ready to go with that defender replacement. Because I think sometimes you have to do stuff like that. Is think for the long term and go right. Well, Chester's going at the end of the season. He's going to he's going to end up at uh, Newport, and we're going to need a replacement. So, w- what better than a Scottish international at this time? Well, you're assuming there, aren't you? I mean, I do think Michael O'Neill likes James Chester. Whatever your thoughts are on the man. Well, I know, but. <laughs> I know, I know he likes him. I, I, he must be buying him coffee or something, or bringing him some good, good Guinness in because I, I don't get what he's doing. <laughs> I think, I think you know. In reality, James Chester's clearly been a good player, but maybe his legs have said goodbye to playing at the top level now. But as regards John Souter, um, I mean, there's lots of press speculation saying um, we're in the pole position to get it. That could just be get him. That could be just lazy journalism because. Um, his brother plays for Stoke but you know Michael O'Neill's been saying within a free agents and uh, young kids for loans um, there isn't much money to bander about so 
Um, I think, whilst you might think it's a no-brainer, I think it's going to be very, very difficult. And uh, it might be that if we are going to get him, he'll stay at Hearts till he's out of his contract. Um, and then he's a free agent in the summer. Having said that, if um, if they let him go now at a reasonable price and we are first in the queue, then we could perhaps bolster the signing by giving them a hefty sell-on clause, um, you know, because there are supposedly several clubs interested in him. But uh, I'm not so sure that he'll be coming through the door at Stoke. And, and that's, I don't know enough about him as a player, but I just think it's very easy to to link him with the football club at this moment in time. Uh, yeah, it is right. I mean, it, to be honest, I, think, I know Stoke are one of the favourites, but I know we aren't the favourite. Um, from everything I've heard, the favourite is Nottingham Forest. Um, right. I've heard he wants to go there because one of his old best mates, when he was in the Scottish Academy or something, it, um, was McKenna, who's centre-back yeah. at well, for Scotland yeah. and Forest at the moment. So... Plus, he, you know, Forest have got more prestige, haven't they? They've won two European Cups. You know, people always jump to clubs that have won things in the past, even though they haven't won anything in my lifetime. And I'm 34 now. So it's one of them things where you can understand him probably wanting to go Forest, but I think if Stoke went now, in January, I think they would be the front runners. But if they left it till his contract actually ended, he'd probably pick Forest, to be honest. Yeah. I, th- I think Forrest wants him for free. We we don't mind paying a little bit just to get him over the line. But I think we'd have to let probably Simmer and Ostergaard go to bring him in, if you know what I mean. Yes, yeah. Um, from, by the same token, you, you look at uh, some of the younger players that are out on loan, who, who people are talking about maybe coming back. I mean, I felt sorry Will Forrester had, um, you know, he, he was playing at Mansfield Town and... Yeah, he's had an ankle injury, which is going to keep him out. He's cemented his place in the team. So Will Forrester's coming back. Stoke will probably want to loan him out again. But then you've got players like Connor Taylor, who's done really well at Bristol. Um, and you just you just wonder if they might bring Connor Taylor back. I personally don't think they will. I think they'll want him to stay out because there's a big difference between under-23s. But we have got players that, for the future, if you don't get the likes of John Suter... Yeah, yeah. Well, we have we have got a good set of young lads coming through at the moment. There's no question about it. I mean, especially Will Forrest, who his beautiful goal he scored at the end of last season. He's doing well at Mansfield. Like you said, you've got Connor Taylor, who's doing well at Bristol Rovers. I think they'll keep him there. I know the deals are up next month, but I think they'll, they'll negotiate extending him, especially Bristol Rovers because Joey Barton loves him. Um, yeah. You've got good. Good, good win, is it? He was at Hartlepool as well with someone yeah. else. There's two at Hartlepool, isn't there? I just can't think of the other player. Um, I know the mid, the other player who I can't name because I can't think Ethan of him. Varian. Who? Ethan Varian? No, he's all. Is he? No, he's somewhere else. I think. He's coming back anyway. Is he coming? Well, he scored yeah. a goal on his on his debut, didn't he? And then I, I don't yeah. think scored since, has he? No. Um, he probably does need come back really because he's lost his place there. Yeah, bring him back, get him in the under twenty threes, and maybe loan him somewhere else next season. Probably probably a bit too early for him at that point. Then if he hasn't impressed, but I know Goodwin at Hartlepool. I think he's been scoring quite regular. I think he's got five or six goals this season. So yeah, that they'll extend him. But there's some yeah. good young lads there that, that next season we can possibly take a look at and maybe go yeah let's give him a go in an higher role because I thought Forrester would have got that chance to be honest yeah well 
my concern is you look at the midfield at the moment, the fit midfield, and you've got Alan, Klukas and Vrancic, right? Yeah. And Klukas has been injury prone for about 12 months now. So you desperately need Nick Powell to get back fit soon, don't we? Well, we, we do, but let's be honest, as midfield's been a problem area now for... Well, ever since Zonzi left, to be honest, it's it's never been stable ever since. Um, he, for me, the midfield needs an overall. I've, I've got to be, be honest, it, it needs sorting out. Sam Klukas, I'm sorry, time go for me. I, I don't know why we give him a new contract after his performances last season. Um, you know, Vrancic we've got to keep hold of, at least for another year, just to add a body in. Uh, Soyuz goes back West Brom, hopefully, next week, to be honest. Uh, Thompson's impressed this season in a role that isn't his he's a very good utility man a bit like a new signing really Jordan Thompson this season could have put him on the list and Powell we know how deadly Powell is Powell without if we if we can get Powell back and sharp till the end of the season we have got every chance of getting the playoffs for me it's on Powell and Campbell because that's where the goals come from yeah and You've also got to remember that uh, there's a lad that they bought from Tottenham, Tasha Nokubuth, who doesn't seem to have quite stepped up, does he? Uh, no, he's, he's, Tasha's a bit of a, been a bit of a disappointment, really, because every time I've seen him, I've seen glimpses, he's a good runner, but terrible passer and can't get back quick enough. For me, he needs a loan, to be honest, Stokely because he hasn't had one so far in his career. He's gone from Tottenham to Stoke. He hasn't had a loan. For me... Say if Varane does go back from wherever he is, and maybe offer them Tash and Tash and Oakley to see what he can do for it half a season. For me, he needs a loan because if he was going to get in the side, he would have got in the side now. You know, instead of playing at eighty percent Varane, he would have played Tash and Oakley boot. So he obviously doesn't isn't impressed with him. No, um, he says he needs to do more in training, but that's his standard response when. Um when players aren't performing well. You mentioned Tyrese Campbell getting uh, getting back to where he was. How realistic do you think that is of happening uh, pretty soon? Because um, I thought the last home match he was pretty poor. Ian Wright said once, on a, on a, it was like a programme about strikers and scoring goals, and he said, it doesn't matter how fit you are, if you're, if you're unfit and you're scoring goals, then you're not far away. And he's hit two now. He's nearly, he's nearly level with Surridge. And... To, to be honest, I, I don't. I think back towards the end of the season, he'll he'll get short, get fitter, and get ready. As long as obviously the the worst doesn't happen, he gets injured again. But I think I, I think he's not far away. If he's scoring goals and he's creating chances, which he has been, you know, he 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 proper messed it up in the last home game. So, you know, he could have he could have had three and five games, which is a good a good turnaround for a player that's just come back from a year long injury. Let's face it, especially at Championship level as well. He's impressing me. And I think once he gets himself up to speed, which will probably take a month or two, he'll start scoring again. He's a good player. Well, you're trying to convince me. I'm not sure you are, but you're trying to convince me. Um, I, I just think it's a very big ask. I'm not saying he isn't a good player, by the way. I think it's a very big ask to expect him to get back where he was this time, you know, before he had the injury. And I, I think when you look at things now about the January transfer window... I think we need a defensive central midfielder, 100%. Now, I'm not sure that Michael O'Neill wants to go that route anyway, but who would you get? I don't know who's out there. And I think we need another central midfielder because, obviously, Soyuz isn't going to be fit till at least March. 
Um, so I'd go for a defensive midfielder and a, a box-to-box midfielder. And the other thing, I'm sorry to say, and we ain't going to get one, is we need a striker. I think we need another centre-back, to be honest, which is why John Suit was in my list. So you don't think Danny Bat's done a good enough? No, I think Danny Bat's done a good job. I'm not moving Danny Bat. Don't worry. <laughs> Until Harry Suit was fit, Danny Bat's going nowhere. Um, for me, I just I'm I'm still worried about this left centre back position, and I've been worried about it all season because Wilmot's played there doesn't do well. The only player that for me does well there is Ostergaard, who plays well yeah. at the left centre back position, and I think I feel we need somebody there just to really solidify the defence. And I know John Suter sort of plays there for Scotland and does quite well. So for me, if we can get him in there and shove him in that position, then we'll have him, hopefully when Suter gets back, he will play in the middle with Bat on the right and then Suter on the left. It just makes us a good defensive combination for me. I just want to... I wouldn't touch an oldie oldie midfielder because Thompson's really impressed me in that position and I don't think that... I'd like, because for me, that could be his position for Stoke, because before, let's be honest, he was all over the place, left wing back, left wing, calm. I think one match even filled in at centre-back, didn't he, John Thompson? But for me, since he's been playing an oldie midfielder, he has impressed me. And, and to be honest, I'd rather see him get that position and start seeing if he can be a decent player there, rather than bringing somebody in that isn't going to fit the mould. We already tried to do that with Sawyers, and it didn't work out. Um, we're not going to be able to get another central midfielder even though I'd like one because obviously this love affair with Joe Allen's going to stay and, and we've got Verancic and, and then we're going to have Powell as the cam. For me, we need another cam, another attacking midfielder that can play when Powell isn't playing. But also, I'd look at a, but a striker's got to be key for me. We need a striker. We need somebody who can link up well with Campbell, who's got the legs for it as well. Because if we did that, we'll get the playoffs. Simple as that. For me... I'd take the gamble on 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 the lap. That that's what I'd do. I'd, I'd I'd ring up City, say he's not playing, get him here now, and play him alongside Campbell. Would you? I would, yeah, because he's tall, he's powerful, he's a good knock-on striker from what I've seen, and he's good at hitting the back of the net. He's pacey, he's got plenty of energy. For me, that that's the person that comes in for Fletcher for me to help speed up that forward line to create more for Campbell and himself. Okay. That, that's just what I'd do just just to try and bring real pace in the forward areas because Fletcher's a good player but for me he's not a 90 minute man he can do it but if we want if we ever want to get near the Premier League we need pace in the forward areas we need either two strikers that are quick one powerful one really quick and that's where you have to look at and you're not going to do that with Fletcher because he's, he's just too old for it he's, he hasn't got the legs for it so who are you getting then? Who are you getting in in these roles? So I'd get Suter in his left centre-back, if yeah. it was me. I'd get, I can't remember his name, that young lad from um, Tottenham. Uh, Oliver Skip, because he's yeah. not playing for them. I'd get him in, because he can play old in hand as a cam. And who's going to pay these wages? Well, the owners, they've got the money. And, um, <laughs> and basically, uh, the lap up front. That's who I get. Now, you see, I, I would like us to get Dilap because obviously he's not flavour of the month that he was. I do think we need a box-to-box midfielder, though, and I just can't think of one that's going to do the job for us that we could get, realistically get. I, I, I like Oliver Skip. I do. I thought you. Yeah, he... I like Oliver Skip too. I like Phil Foden and I like Jack Grealish, but you've got. Different level, I <laughs> 
<laughs> Bit of a different level there. All the skips is over to Phil Foden, Harry. <laughs> I don't think he's quite hit them heights yet. Well, he's, he's, he's not on as much as you'd probably think, Oliver Skimps. He hasn't signed a new contract for them for a while. I know he's making the odd appearance for Tottenham, but, you know, if, if we went in with a good offer, we'd get him on loan, to be honest. And, and you know he can play old in midfield. But, you're not, but there's going to be Premier League clubs that will probably want to do the same. Yeah, yeah, there probably will be, but, you know, we the, the thing is, Hans, like I've, I've said this before about clubs and where they won't go, and, and sometimes you have to fork out a bit more money than you expected to but if we will if we get rid of Tom Ince and say pay 18 grand of his wages are paid that's near enough covering Oliver Skip you've got Simmer that's going to be going back you've got Ostergaard that's going to go back that'll comfortably suit Phil a few of them roles at the end of the day if we, if we want to go to the Premier League we're going to have to push the boat out a little we can't put no know we, we, have, we haven't got any money till next season have we that's when the FFP goes and we're able to spend again. Yeah. Now that that makes sense, but you know, a little bit extra on the wage we can cover in other ways, just to get an Oliver Skip in. Because if we get promoted, who cares about FFP? Let's be honest. That's that's the Aston Villa way of thinking of things. Keep spending till we're up, and it doesn't matter about FFP. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, our yeah, owners don't like doing nice, that. They don't like doing that. Really good. So. Moving on then, we've looked at the players that you would buy and Oliver Skip being, or, or loan, Oliver Skip being one of them, Bilat being another. Now, come back to the real world, who do you think we're liable to get? Vale got. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't... Uh... I think if, if we put an offer in for John Suit of maybe a mill, we'd get him. Because I know Forrest want him for nothing. And plus, Forrest have spent more than us in, in the last three years, so they can't really push the boat out and spend more money. Uh, it, it all depends on if we, if we want to get him. If we really want Suter, we can get him. But we'll have to be a, we'll have to do what we did with Al, Alfie Dowerty, where we get him before the Sharks jump on. I think the lap, there's a good chance of the lap. I really do because he's not on a lot of wages anyway. So because he's a, he's only an academy player, so he's probably only on about nine ten grand a week. So you know if we put eighty percent of that up, it's nothing really, is it? You know Oliver Skip is probably a big shout because he played so well last year for Norwich. But you never know. If you put all the budget on that, then you've got a chance, haven't you? Simple as that. Yeah. If, yeah. If, absolutely. But it, it's all it's all on who goes into it. And the problem is a lot of the players that we want to get rid of are players that nobody else wants because we won't get rid of them. You know, I mean, you said earlier on something I wanted to touch on as well about players, you know, we're shopping in the bargain basement. We aren't really the only club doing that, are we really? You know, a lot of other championship clubs are doing that. Coventry definitely are doing that, you know. So are Blackburn. There's, there's quite a few other clubs that are in the same position as us because pretty much every club in the championships in debt. So yeah. it's it's one of them, isn't it? But for me, if we can get the lap in, I think that'll make a big difference to our forward line. Because the problem is with Simi, that was always a bad mistake because he wasn't a striker. You know, and I've always believed that when you bring in strikers, you bring in strikers. Don't bring in wingers to become a striker. Bring a striker in. And for me, the lap just fits that bill. He's my number one target for me if it was January. No, I won't disagree with that. No. We've got to move on to Thursday when we might have the rare occurrence of a match breaking out at uh, the Bet365 where we're due to play Derby. 
So Derby are due to play West Brom on Monday. So do you think that will work in our favour? Or do you think that they will be ready for this match? The thing is with Derby, they're in fight and flight at the moment, aren't they? Because literally they're dogfighting for every point now, aren't they? Because if they don't, they're going to go down very soon. We don't tend to do well against Derby. That's the only problem I have. But with the rest, because sometimes everyone says, well, you've had two weeks, you should be better rested. But I think sometimes having too much rest has a negative effect on a team, for me. Um, I don't know, it's going to be a tough game for me, this one. Because, to be honest, Derby haven't really played badly this season. They, they showed us up at their place early on in the season. I'm going to go for a win, but it's going to be a 1-0 win. If we play, right, obviously. well, they didn't show us up. We just had 10 minutes of madness. We were way the best team and the score flattered them. So I'm, I, I'm not going for that. And I actually think we'll batter them when we play them on Thursday because the players will be so up for it. The fans will be so up for it. Um, and I'm hoping that West Brom have run Derby off the legs, although I want Derby to win that one. Um, I think we'll, we'll batter them 1-0. Who Derby go? Tomorrow. We've got West Brom tomorrow. Oh, to West Brom. But I'm saying we'll batter them 1-0, and you didn't laugh at that. <laughs> I think it's about the eighth time you've used it, Ange, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, that's going to be the last match of the year, because the next match that we're supposed to have, um, which I don't think we'll play, by the way, is January the 3rd against Preston. And that's the match when uh, Stoke uh, paid tribute to the supporters and the former players who passed away in 2021 so it's um, it's a really weird year isn't it for, for Stoke and for all football clubs because of, of course this Thursday when we play um, Derby God willing then people are going to have to produce their Covid certificates to prove that they're Covid compliant and whatever people think of the football club um They've, they've decided to have a, a, an open day um, which takes place on the 29th in the media suite at the Bet365 to try and assist people who, who aren't either technically savvy or don't are a bit worried and don't listen to the radio and don't listen to, and don't read the papers um, but everybody's got to show either um, proof of vaccination or a negative lateral flow test and I really admire the club. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's great that it's happening because I think everybody should be able to, to work out themselves what they need to do. But the club are holding this event on the 29th uh, to make certain that people know how to access the digital information to get a pass or order a COVID pass as well as registering for your ne negative lateral flow test. And uh, Stoke are doing that between nine and five um, and, it, and you need to book a 20 minute slot so if you want to book by email it's supporters at stokecityfc.com um, and you obviously need to wear a face covering uh, and obviously if you want more help you're going to have to have your NHS number at hand um, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting because people going to the game uh, for a quarter to eight kickoff on Thursday will probably have a, have a bit longer wait than, uh, than normal. Yeah, it is good news from Stoke doing that, you know, because I haven't done it myself. I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. I was just going to take me three, me two cards in, to be honest. Yeah, well, uh, your best bet is to go onto the NHS site 
and uh, produce you, you need a COVID pass and, and that um, is very easily done if you go on the NHS site so you, you won't um, it's much easier if you can just flash that up on your phone um, to, to prove you know it'll, it'll help the club too rather than have to look at your two your two certificates that you've had it done because of course um, it takes twice as long to look at two as it does one I know that sounds daft but it does and when you've got 20,000 people to do minimum I mean the bonus for Stoke is the matches on the telly as well so some people might decide to stay at home and watch it at home but this will be the, the first game that Stoke have had where you it's 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 mandatory that they've got to check that everybody is covered and there will be masks at the as you go in and the club will expect everybody to wear a mask at the match uh, in, in the areas you know where where you spoke well the indoor areas and i have to say that um it will be difficult for everybody but let's hope that people take heed of the fact that you can get help and to make it a bit smoother because we know it's it's difficult now. If you go out to the theatre, you have to show a pass. Eventually, it'll become normal, but the first time, you just want it to go well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, when it first goes in, yeah. And if people people need, obviously, that help, like the elderly and people who don't, you know, probably don't have PCs or phones or something like that, then the club's helping them out. It's a good thing. It is a good thing, because it's, it's, it's not something that, you know, no one's going to be looking forward to that you've got to do a pass. I mean, there's, I know there's a lot of people I know personally who refuse to have the vaccinations. And it's one of them where it's a bit, if if, if you didn't want to take, have the vaccines, then you're going to have to provide a, a flow test, which has got to be similar as well, Auntie, where you do it online to prove that you've had one. I feel like, I feel like I'm being watched, and well not by me <laughs> that's, that's not, a certain that is. <laughs> yeah, not by me but before we finish I mean we, we've talked about the importance of, of having your vaccines if, if you go, want to go that way I, I can't personally see why you wouldn't have them if they're going to save somebody's life uh, but everybody's entitled in this country to, to do what they want so I mean we're not the middle and far east where you're told what you do so people have a right in this country um, to, to do what they want to do. However, uh, when when you're congregating at the football match, I don't think it's... I don't like wearing a mask. I wore a mask in the theatre just before Christmas for two and a half hours. I hated every minute of it. It was uncomfortable, but I kept the mask on. And um, I think that's the least you can do if you've got the chance of stopping, in, you know, invading somebody else's space with, with any germs you might possibly have. Having said that, what a lift it will give everybody, Ian. We're saying at the moment that it's boring today in terms of there's no football. Yeah, there'll be football on the telly and match of the day will be on. But what a lift it will give everybody if on Thursday we can go and watch a football match and more importantly win that football match. Yeah, well, it'll make a big difference. I've got to be honest, you know, it's especially after having no football to look forward to over Christmas, it'll make a big difference, won't it? To, well, end with a win, moving into the new year. It's, it's a big thing. It is, it's very important, especially with COVID and everything. It's going to be horrible, I know, putting masks on and stuff like that. I've got to dig, I've had to dig them out the other day. I, I couldn't remember where any of them were. And it's, it's, as long as, as long as we can go football and start enjoying it properly. And hopefully soon, I've said this now for two years, hopefully soon it will end and we aren't back where we're constantly wearing masks. And, it, you know, everyone just wants to be back to normal a bit now, don't they, to be honest? Yeah. 
that's that's the main thing. We just want to be back to normal, back to where we you know we don't have to worry about. It. We've had a bit of a taster of it for what five six months and. We all enjoyed it, but it, it, it's there's a new variant coming out. And but let's get back onto some happy stuff. Who would have thought that at this point in the season, Stoke would have scored more goals than any other side in the division from outside the penalty area? I mean, they scored eight this season, and, and those two of those were when we beat Queen's Park Rangers. I mean, you not would have thought you wouldn't have thought that, would you, from Stoke? No, I wouldn't have thought goals were outside the box. We're, we're, we're normally a tapping team, aren't we? Where we tap them in, we're like. Well, like a good Arsenal, but that's what I mean. We're playing, we're playing well this season. It's, it, we'll, if you want, we'll do an overall about the season so far. I think it's been a, a shocking season for me this year for how good it's been. To be honest, I thought we would be, you know, sort of a mid-table club this season. They've, they've turned it round. They've, they've been really well this season, and it's been it's been a good year for football, really. Stoke-wise, you know, we, we've had a, a couple of bumps in the road. You know the. The, was it the QPR game, which I don't really want to talk about? Is it was it not QPR, which is the game where we drew three three? Oh, Cardiff, Cardiff. Yeah, no, we, we won at QPR. Yeah, we won QPR. Cardiff, where we were three 0 up and drew three three. That that was that was horrible. <laughs> but other than that, we've done all right, haven't we? It's been a decent year yeah, for Stoke. Yeah, and, and we've done better away from home in the last few matches. I, mean, I think we won one of the last five home matches, but we won three of the last four, including that one against Queens Park Rangers. So. You look at you look at the team, and then you look at the key passes that players have made. I mean, Verancic has made forty-one key passes for Stoke this season. That's more than anybody else in the squad. Guess who the second most key passes have, has been made by Stoke? Wilmot. Been injured, remember? <laughs> yeah, just getting the real. Tommy Smith. Simon second with twenty-eight. Oh. Smith third with twenty. The man you think you want rid of is fourth with twelve. Kukus just heading Sawyer's into fifth place with eleven. So there's a big difference between Vrancic with 41 and Tymon with 28. So Mario, stay fit. Yeah, we need we need Mario. He's been brilliant this season. But for me, the, for me, the only real true signing that's improved as drastically, to be honest. Well, if you go the other side of that and you look at players that have made uh, the most recoveries from anyone else in the seat, the team this year, I was amazed that in fifth place. Vrancic with 84 so not only has he created most he's also fifth best at recoveries which I think is really good Tommy Smith's got 88 recoveries Tymon's got 107 in second place you'll never guess who this is Joe Allen with 128 and who cares who's in first place Ben Wilmot yes it is (laughs) (laughs) what what a player I told you (laughs) 132 recoveries but he's saving us the last what it doesn't say before you go off and have a Christmas cider is that of those 132 recoveries 130 were from his own mistakes well we won't go into that (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd like that I thought I would you know give you a little bit of a high about your Benjamin he's been he's been brilliant Ben yes he's he's been the best signing (laughs) by Who would you play? Who would you play up front against Derby? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick it with Fletcher and Campbell at the moment because I think Fletcher's the only good knock-on man that I'd stick with at the moment, and then I'd play him alongside Campbell because I, I thought originally Jacob Brown and, and Campbell, but the two similar in many ways. So yeah, I agree. I, I, I'd definitely stick Fletcher up there unless unless the lap is an early present that we can shove in it early. Well, I think that's a good idea. 
Yeah, but before we finish, I mean, we've had two matches postponed. It's it's difficult. It, I mean, Michael O'Neill's mentioned how difficult it has been, you know, with with the with the problems of players testing positive, and we're not playing today. We know, but it's when players come back and train because my understanding is all the players trained last Tuesday, and they'd had the Monday off, and, and then they got the positive tests, and the symptoms started happening, and they had six six injured players and, and nine positive tests. So you've got. 15 people out of the equation but we know that of those six players probably none of them will be fit that were injured so you just hope don't you that the people who've been isolated are, are going to be are going to be better but i think they're starting training tomorrow because most of the players have to isolate until today and then of course tomorrow they'll go in and the sports science team will look at them and the the club are going to have to be very careful because some people who get COVID don't seem to have too many symptoms with it and some some people have terrible symptoms. So when you've had 10-day isolation period, uh, as it was then, you won't know where they are until they start back training tomorrow and then they might feel the effects of that training. So it's going to be very, very difficult for the club to pick a team with any confidence for Thursday's match. That's the thing. We're going into the match. It's, you don't know who's coming back and might still have a bit of remnants of it as well. Yeah. <coughs> so he could spread it all around and we're not playing next year either. You don't know. You've got to be dead careful. For me, it should be player in at a time who's, been, who's had symptoms and whatever and tests You know, one at a time and then bring them all back. It's one of them for me. But we don't know what will happen tomorrow. You know, a Derby player might get COVID tomorrow. Yeah. So it's it's up in the air, isn't it, again, because the COVID's come back. Right, so before we end, we're just going to talk about the women. Well, I'm glad we've got very little time left, Ian, because they've, unfortunately the COVID bugs hit everybody, not Stoke women. Stoke women were due to play Coventry, and um, the matches have been called off because of uh, COVID. And Stoke ladies very kindly offered to have anybody train with them from Coventry and other teams who obviously need to keep training while the virus is going around. So the, there's nothing to report from from the Stoke women team in terms of um, results because there haven't been any. Brilliant. <laughs> right. So before we go, we're going to I'm going to tell everybody about the latest news that's going to be coming out from the Potters podcast. There's going to be an improvement next year. We're going to be moving I'm to. Not on it. <laughs> There you go, everyone. <laughs> um, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be moving from uh, phone to Zoom next year. We're going to start p- putting the videos up live on the Facebook channel, on the YouTube channel, so you can come and watch how we look. It's not something to look forward to seeing, obviously, but we- we'll, it- it's an improvement. The-, the audio quality is going to improve. We're going to try to bring a better prospect to everybody. We're going to try to bring guests on it as well, because you can have more than one, two people on Zoom. Well, we're starting from a very low base here, aren't we? So yeah. things can only get better. Things can only get better. And that's, and, and what do you mean low? It's been brilliant, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Ian, enjoy the rest of your festive period and um, look forward to chatting after we've all celebrated a mashed up battering of Derby. There we go. So, obviously, have a Merry Christmas and have a good New Year, obviously, because we might not be able to fit one in before the New Year. So, have a good time, everybody. Um, I would like to say that we are going to be moving on to Zoom soon, so there's going to be an improvement in the audio quality. We will be on the Facebook 
um, doing a live feed so make sure you get yourself on there it's just type in the Potts podcast it's easy get yourself a part of it and, and we'll be asking questions it'll be a question round on, on the online stage so you can put questions in make sure you join and come along with that thanks to everybody also who's put a five star review in on iTunes you can follow us on there you can follow us on any other podcast platform that's that's easy now just put the Potts podcast in you can get us easy as that if you can, please give us a five-star review. It means a hell of a lot to me and Ange now. She has said it. So thanks for listening. ta all the best.